are we talking about today? We're talking about Japanese wise. We are talking some Japanese shit today. We're talking Osamu Tezuka, the godfather of manga. Did you know that's what he was? Osamu Tezuka. Let's see what he's done here. The father of Japanese anime. I think that's Dragon Ball Z, but okay. That's that's what that's what I was thinking, you know. But um, apparently this is like maybe the grandfather. Yeah. You know. <laughs> The god, the god of manga. The god of manga. Additionally, he is often considered the Japanese equivalent to Walt Disney, who served as a major inspiration during Tezuka's formative years. Hmm. Oh, so he's a Nazi. What? Are you serious? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that would be crazy, dude. That would be a, like a crazy... Well, hold on. It says here he was born November 3rd, 1928. Doing some quick math here. Do, 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 do. He would have been the right age to be uh, part of the Axis forces, right? Oh, damn. Was he, did no, he no, 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 did no, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He would have only been 10 when the war started. Yeah, I don't that think they were doing that. That would have been hilarious if, like, uh, well, he could have been real passionate and just been like, I'm 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, be like, all right. That's interesting that... Tezuka is the godfather of manga and anime and his inspiration was Walt Disney so does that mean that Walt Disney is the godfather is the godfather of the godfather of anime damn yeah it's you know when you go to to your favorite whoever's and they're like you know I was like just real inspired by James Joyce Mm -hmm. or uh you know, in, in rap when, well, no modern day rapper is, that's not a good example. It's always like, who's your favorite? Me. Right, right. <laughs> Dude, I, listen, I didn't even, I didn't, t- I just typed in his name. And the first results are how Osama, Osama Bin Laden, Osama Bin Laden Tezuka became the god of manga. Osama Bin Laden, the father of Japanese anime. Osama bin Laden, the god of manga. <laughs> uh, speaking of unfortunate names, he has a manga about that called Adolf. Message to Adolf? Is that what this is? Is that, yeah. Is it Message to Adolf? I lost it. Uh. I just want to get into okay so what what this fool do that's so good this is hilarious because um little origin story of the show we're like heavily influenced by Takashi Miike in our writing this is a writing podcast and a cult podcast where a couple juggalo mystics from the gutter who's who are big fanboys of extreme Japanese cinema but are not very versed or literate in any of it decided to start a podcast and say it was about anime Mm -hmm. and so everybody thinks that we know everything about everything and I'm like bro I don't know who the godfather of manga is what did he do Astro Boy I know Astro Boy yeah I know from those boots those Gucci boots 
<laughs> I saw somebody skateboarding in those, and Ferg. I was like, okay, respect. Yeah. anti Yeah, his whole. I, I can't say anything. His he's good, dude. His whole deal is that he he skates in weird shoes. That's kind of one of his gimmicks, but he's not a gimmick skater. He's a. I follow him on Instagram. He's he's fucking talented, dude. Um, That's what Instagram is good for. Like social media, if it still has a purpose, is to watch endless skate videos. Yeah, kids do crazy They're, shit these they days. They are doing this shit is crazy insane. shit. I saw somebody make like a 15 foot skateboard. This girl made like a 15 foot board, and was like trying to kickflip in it and shit. <laughs> that shit was so funny. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, I seen some chicks uh, kickflipping in high heels. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's still the same skater discourse too, like you know, street or vert, and then like mm-hmm. uh, uh, I get gimmick or like technique. Um, oh, what's that other one? A poser or you know, right? You don't want to be a poser. And this one chick was like, "To everybody calling me a poser," and she got up on the skateboard in high heels and like this dress that was like squeezing her thighs together. And she did a kickflip, like, right there. Yeah. I was like, like, these these are, like, six-inch stilettos. I was like, God damn. Dude. And it's also a lot of, a lot of fandoms quibble. That's what, as soon as you get into something, people quibble. So it's like, is that, is that a, is that a front side shove it or a, a nolly shove it? Right. Yeah. She did a kickflip. Look, it's all kickflips. She kicked yeah. it and it flipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's also so limiting because the shit that they do now is like, how are you going to put a name to that? Like, you can if you want, but for somebody to be like, I know the name of that trick you just did, it's like, bro, shut, stop being gay. Like, nobody cares. Dude, I've Nobody seen cares the name of the trick you just did. People have started uh, basically uh, like doing, like, ollieing off a, off a ramp or off a stair set, right? And essentially doing the splits and like flipping the board with one foot. There's been a lot of one foot tricks I've seen lately. And that shit goes so hard. It looks so tight when you pull you, that shit off. You know where I noticed that shit starting huh. is whenever Tony Hawk's Project 8 dropped. And this is in your dark period of games. This was like, this came out on the Xbox 360. And uh, it was, so like the PlayStation 3 and shit. It was not the best Tony Hawk game and it was trying to ride the middle line between being like realistic and also like you could break your like breaking every bone in your body was a goal of the game you could go into ragdoll mode Uh so that was that was fun so it still had the wackiness to it but it was also trying to zoom in on the technique of the skating and shit Mm -hmm. and you could freeze time or like slow down time and use the joysticks to maneuver each of your feet okay and it would actually the way that you kicked with your right and or your left foot would you know manipulate the board to to come up with your own flip or whatever basically and so when that was a cool component of that game that i noticed like gradually over the years since then i noticed people doing a lot more with their feet while in midair, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing weird flip, not just like the named flip tricks off the ground, but like kicking the board in all kinds of directions, yeah. Like while they're while they've got some hang time, 
Yeah. You know who else? Uh, Instagram is good for it. If you just go to uh, thrashermagazine.com, people are putting out badass tapes like every week. It is a thriving underground community that you never really see, but they still rock those styles, dude. Like punk, death metal, hip hop, fisheye camera lenses. They're still out there fucking getting chased by security guards and almost getting hit by cars. It's To me, it feels like one of the last surviving, if this word even means anything anymore, punk film styles out there. I love watching skate videos, dude. Shit is so cool. Yeah, yeah. And, like, anytime there's a graffiti documentary or something, Mm -hmm. which is usually kind of cringe because they always got, like, annoying politics or whatever. Yeah. But the the footage is always that skater-style shit. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're taggers. So you're, like, you got a fisheye lens going up, like, riding the top of a train or climbing a really tall water tower or something. And the thing about skate videos, though, is that I have no idea what anybody's politics are. Like, you can watch a skate video, and you, I get the impression that they, they don't know what the word communism means. And if they did, they lost it on a rail somewhere. It got Skateboarding just bonked is, out of them. Skaters are so close to enlightenment that, like, none of that shit. They're post all of that. Yep. All right, Tezuka. So he did Astro Boy. Tezuka got into skateboarding when he <laughs> was. <laughs> so, oh, he did this manga called Phoenix that is his most profound and ambitious work. That's what you were named after. He's all wide eyed staring at me, like fascinated. He's grinning. <laughs> is, Daddy do- is Daddy doing a good job? I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know. They keep showing up. They keep showing up. I gotta be honest, dude. I'm not... I'm not fucking with this art. I know this is like the proto-anime, right? And I don't mean any disrespect. Some of this looks pretty cool. I'm probably gonna read his Buddha book. That seems interesting to me. Yeah, it's about Buddha, too. Yeah, yeah. And Metamorphosis looks cool. Um, I like this 3 Adolf thing. Uh, for no reason in particular. Uh, yeah, no reason. I'm not just like, you know, attracted to anything with a swastika on it for right, some reason. Right. As right. like a hypnosis thing. Neo Faust looks cool. But a lot of this, like, I don't, this is going to sound dumb, but the way, the, the proportions of the characters, um, it's, I'm just not, I'm not quite vibing with it. I actually do know. No, yeah, it's close to chibi. Like, it's yes, almost that yes. chibi style. Right, 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 right. And um, I, I can think of it now. My buddy Rob, Rob Volmar, he's a, he was a comics writer. He was One of his books was nominated for an Eisner. He ran the local comic shop when I was uh, 18. Like, I was in college. It was Atomic Pop in Norman. And uh, I remember now that he was all about Tezuka. And he would be stoked whenever a new edition of... Uh, like one of his books would come out, he'd be like, dude, you got to read this. And I would always look at the art and be like, "Ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just being honest. Like, uh, I know that, man, I'm going to be honest though. Um, Sometimes, oh, this one, Apollo song kind of looks like Avatar. It's like blue people. But sometimes I think people 
it's like with movies, right? When people say like, what's the best, the best movies? And then they just say like a really old one. And you're like, is it? That's your that's your favorite movie? Yeah. You know, I mean yeah, like Hitchcock that's... is great, dude. Like I I get that. I get that. I really liked The Searchers when we watched it in college. That's like a 19 late 1950s, early 1960s western with John Wayne. I thought that one was was Hitchcock real good. to Searchers? No, no, no. Uh, that one's John Ford. But uh Oh, you're just talking old shit. Old yeah, shit. I yeah, you, I got you. I got you. Old shit. Old shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but like if when when people I, I don't doubt that there are people... Okay, it's like musicals to me, right? Remember we talked to Zach about musicals? We're like, why do gay people like musicals? He explained it really, really well. There are people mm-hmm. who I'm sure like old movies in a similar way. Um, but then there are some people who their whole aesthetic and what, what, they, what you can see because they post all the time, like what they're actually watching is new shit or like maybe the 70s or whatever. But then you bring up something like Tezuka, and they're like, yeah, man, that shit's fucking awesome. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> I question it. I question yeah, it. But pretty much uh, whatever, I think this is honestly everybody's, like if everybody was being honest with themselves, it'd kind of be like this. Right. The cool shit is from when I was coming up. Right. That's the cool shit. Absolutely. Who's the best author? Chuck Palahniuk. Yep. Who is the... Who's the best rapper? Draco the Ruler. Mm. Who is mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the best... What's the best movie? Fight Club. the Killer. Or Itchy the Killer, yeah. Or Fight Club. Yeah, one of those two. Um, like this, for example... And again, this is me just... What's funny, the, Kelby and I thought it would be really funny to do this episode because, like he said, we, we are an anime podcast. We don't know shit about anime history. So part of this is a provocation and a troll to just sort of be like, oh, I don't get it. But if I'm, I'm being 100% when I say, like, I need – like, where, where's the entry point to this for me? Because I can go back, dude. I can go back a little bit. I think Lone Wolf and Cub looks badass. I like that style. Right. Oh yeah. You know, yeah, Lone Wolf the Club is sweet. And honestly, movies did used to be better. Right. So like when you do dig back, I can see that. Sure. Like when it comes to the medium of film, it's like yeah, actually shit used to be made way better. Right. Now. Right. Not to say that it's all the best. Like I think Citizen Kane is a garbage movie, and I don't fuck with Titanic either. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, which I didn't go far back enough with that, but right. whatever. Yeah. But like, uh, <coughs> but like you know I when lost, you when you say stuff. Well, when you say stuff like what we're saying right now, um, I want to just get across that this is not be it. It on the one hand, it is kind of funny <coughs> to me, but also it's something that I've just kind of felt like getting off my chest. Where I'm open to being educated on why this shit is good, but. I mean, I'm talking on a pure, bare bones. Like, I'm looking, I'm in my brother-in-law's room, uh, in my in-law's house right now. He's got a poster of Batman and the Joker. That's not even my thing, but that looks cooler to me. You know what I mean? Like, just the one, the aesthetic of it, you know? Yeah, and it's prototype. It's like, all due respect. And I think that's where people go, you know. You have to give them their flowers. I'm like, I believe that you do. Yeah, you got to respect where you came from 
who pioneered the shit, mm-hmm. but you don't got to pretend they're the best. Right. It's like, it's like I, I wouldn't even put Tupac or Biggie in the top 50 rappers if I were mm-hmm. to list them out. Mm-hmm. Or you 100, sure, they'd still make the top 100. But could, come on, bro. If you go back in time and it's, you know, the Sugar Hill Gang. This is where rap came from. It a hip hop, a hip, a hip do it. I mean, sure, you know, you're right. Yeah. You're, well, you're right. Hip hop technically started with Aerosmith's "Walk This Way." Dude, Rick Rubin is the goat. He's the goat of everything. He's responsible for that. He's responsible for System of a Down. Uh, the Creative Act is the Bible. It is the greatest book on creativity. Uh, I was working on one, and then I read the Creative Act, and I was like, I don't. I'd just be repackaging a bunch of this shit, honestly. Um, I think that dude. I love his interviews, where where you know Anderson Cooper's like, you can't play any instruments. He's like, no. He's like, you don't know how to work an engineering board. He's like, never touched one. He's like, then what do people pay you for? And he says, my taste. I was like, oh god, I want I want that job, dude. I want to be I want to be the taste guy, <laughs> the guru. Slipknot, it's, dude. No, but it's so this. valuable. Look at yeah. what Rick like. It is so valuable. Mm-hmm. I literally want to be that. Like I envision that, and I'm a little different because I do a lot of shit. I basically have done everything, but like, um, I want to be that so bad because like I see cool shit and I'm like, this should this should be in front of everybody's face. Dude, Corey Taylor from Slipknot was beefing with Rick Rubin because he worked on Volume 3, Subliminal Verses. And he uh, he said, he said Rick Rubin is overpaid and he's he's bullshit. He said he would go into the studio when they were recording, r- recording Volume 3 and uh, he would lay on a couch with sunglasses on and say, play the album for me. And then he would listen to it and say like three words and then leave. He'd be like, what, what even is it? And I'm like, well, did you listen to the words? You did, you weren't listening, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah, what were the three words? They might have been very important words. I mean, it's clearly worked for some of the biggest hits of all time, right? I mean, it works for us yeah. as listen like we know shit because of Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. So when people want to argue his value is like you're having the conversation case closed. Like, yep. Yep. And a lot of it, I think, I was listening to his podcast, Tetragrammaton, and he was talking to um, Trent Reznor, and Reznor was talking about Pretty Hate Machine, <clears throat> and it wasn't Rick who worked on that album, but he, he worked with two different producers on that on that album, and he said one of them didn't really seem to care, the other one worked on two songs, and one of them was Head Like a Hole, uh, and you know, like, that has that classic hook like bow down before the you know what i mean like you know you know head, yeah. you know head like a hole um uh-huh. but like the guy like all, the only thing he changed in the song was like that was just part of a verse and he's like no that's a that's a hook and so they rearranged the song to make that a hook that's all that's what a producer does dude like they they don't you don't have to play it to be like that should be there and Trent said that he had worked on that song for like a year and he had never in a million years considered arranging the song that way. But that's what we do. That's what editors do too. Like a lot of times yeah. people are like, holy I fuck, don't... I can't believe that like you made the whole book better 
and I just go in and it's like two things. I'm like, no, put this here, that there, cut that, and then you're good. And I'm right. I don't know how I don't know how many people think we're joking. Whenever it's like with Ghost of East Baltimore, you're like, so add a Tamagotchi. Mm-hmm. It, but that's literally what you did. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, uh, what was like letting out the devils, you were like, you need to go in a little bit longer on this part of the ending. Mm-hmm. And that was it. besides that, it was like change a couple of these characters' names. Their names are too similar, mm-hmm. but. It was like, okay, that ending that you did, don't change it, just make it a little longer. It's like, damn, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because people get too invested. And I've only had, of the hundreds of people I've worked with, I've only had a handful, two or three, who are like, I I was expecting more. And I was like, well, then I didn't do my job of explaining to you what I do. Because everybody else is very happy with my advice. And uh, a lot of people, like a lot of people's careers got a, launched off that shit. Yeah, only a bad writer is gonna be upset with an editor who, if you can't see value in something like that, then you're probably just not on a winning wave. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll put some salt. Like with uh, Gabino Zero Saints, it was just. Uh, he had the mentor character in Zero Saints get killed more towards the end of the book. And I was like, what if he gets killed at the beginning? How would that change the rest of the book? That was the that was the big move in that book. It made it better, you know? And, yeah, and Gabino and was like, like damn, bro, this is a better it, book. Thank you. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> if, it, if it makes it better, that's, that's all it uh that's all it needs Mm -hmm. there is a weird you know when um i like that we're like kind of pumping the brakes not really pumping the brakes on the freelance shit because i just put in like 16 auditions on top of dashing today Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. i am being more critical because it's like i'm gonna go out and run some people their food and get some money and so when i come home and do some auditions i ain't going for everything like if this person yeah. seems frustrating to deal with, yep. if this seems like some kind of nerd who's gonna be like, yeah, I get that. Cause I like to perform, you know? And like, it is kind of a love it or hate it approach. Whereas in like, I'm not trying to sound like every crisp NPR motherfucker on Audible. Like I'm trying to, I prefer texture. Mm-hmm. Not that it sounds noisy. Like it, you're not allowed to have a, some noisy shit on audible they won't allow it but like i i want some characters need some more throaty delivery and some like uh i don't know like I, when i listen to a lot of audiobooks it's like part one. Oh yeah i hate that optimus shit. prime yeah. slid across yep. the platform and the black man in the cyborg suit looked up at him as an nwa song began to play mm-hmm. and <laughs> they said let's go yeah it's it's not working dude working i think you're, you're gonna find this with dashing too but as soon as i got this job i was like okay so i don't need this to survive anymore so i raised my prices and i only responded to books that looked like things i would actually want to work on you know so 
I, you know, the last project I just worked on was with a, a stuntman who's been in, like, The Walking Dead and shit. And, uh, and you know, and I, I charged what it was actually worth. And he was, like, cool. And we worked together, and we, we Zoomed about it. And I got deep into that. It wasn't one or two things that, that changed. Like, we had a probably a two-hour conversation about the book. But that was a that was something that I, I had a really good time doing. So I can be choosier with my projects and I can charge them what they what they're worth. So it's just better. It's just better because like I, I come off as like not desperate. Because when you don't have any fucking money, you can't help but be a little desperate. Just be like, hey, uh, I sent you an email, please respond. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like <laughs> yeah. when when you don't need it. You can just be like, hey, man, I really fuck with uh, what you're doing here. Uh, and these are my ideas for how we can fix this. And they're like, okay, cool, yeah, do the whole book. And I'll pay you good money for it. <clears throat> That's, bro, we're, I'm in the pocket now with this shit. So I'm happy about that. And uh, it all just takes that base of not, not being under threat of eviction or your power getting shut off or running out of money for food to be able to really succeed. So I think Dashing's gonna do that for you too. You're gonna be like, yeah, I'll do this one, that's cool. And then this one over here, you're gonna be like, nah, I'm not, man, I'm good. I don't need to even spend my time. There's so much, um, this is a little tip for anybody who might be seeking somebody to help with your shit, if it's narration or if it's editing or whatever. Uh, if, if you, are looking out to a professional trust that they're a professional mm-hmm. like some of the shit that's like directed down to the like they direct the shit out of it I'm like this is gonna suck mm-hmm. like you need to give me some freedom here another thing about uh, Tessica that I think should be noted is that you know when people are this uh, original and they're creating all these templates that are then going to be expanded upon and shit like that I think it's fair to say that those are usually more than not going to be they're not going to be the best version of that thing like there needs to be three or four iterations before it it finds its pocket so like you can I respect the origination aspect of what Tezik is doing but it's kind of like I prefer the five or six iterations down the line where it's had generations to cook and develop into things that are more interesting to me. But yeah. Do you think there's an OG anywhere that's like, but damn, ain't nobody top. Maybe maybe people have topped it or whatever, but you still look at it and go, holy shit. See, man, I don't know, cause like I think, I think Quentin Tarantino's better than most of the people he pulls from. Um. In terms of music, I mean, obviously no, because, you know, to go back to that yeah, Trent music Reznor, has always just gotten better. <laughs> yeah, if you go back to the Trent, like I fuck with Nine Inch Nails, but you know, Trent Reznor said that his, well, his influences were like the Cars, and I do fuck with Depeche Mode a lot, but I listened to Nine Inch Nails, so, man, I don't, th- I just, I don't think like classic literature. I mean, no. No. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely no, not. No, I mean, like, it's... 
I mean, I respect everybody. Like, I, I, this reading revival gets my blood pumping. I think it's fucking cool. But I'm glad they're doing that. Like, I'm glad that Jack and Glenn are doing that because I don't want to. Like, I don't want to go back and read uh, Dostoevsky. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm straight, right. dude. Um, but Or like, uh, or like Shakespeare. Yeah, like I see. Right. I, and if whoever honestly whatever your take on shakespeare i don't give a shit but like i respect it and i get i get it it's that whole yeah. it's the origin thing yeah i'm not disagreeing like, I get, with I you i get it i'm not i'm not, I'm not disagreeing i'm not telling you that it's bad but you know rob hart took me to see um sleep no more in new york which is it's in a warehouse and it's a live retelling of macbeth but you you walk through the warehouse and you see parts of the play as it's going on, right? Because the actors are all doing things at the same time. You get what I mean? It's like an interactive thing. Like mm, you can go, okay, you, yeah. you can like go yeah, to a yeah, bar yeah. and like in that room, a scene's playing out, and then you walk into another room, and another scene is going on at the same time. So you can go multiple like a theatrical times. meow wolf. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like that's to me that's cooler than just the play. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like uh, people were several people compared hurricane season to waiting for godot mm-hmm. so i looked up and watched waiting for godot and i was like yeah my shit's better <laughs> yeah right i know dude I, s- I see where it's coming from yeah even though i'd never seen it before right i was like yeah i see where this is coming and from. don't you think like, that like the originators like they that's what they would want us that's the kind of mindset they would want us to have like tezuka as this originator I don't know him he might be grumpy like Miyazaki or something but like if you're that creative and you're that generative Miyazaki by the way is one who I do fuck with heavy I fuck with Miyazaki mm-hmm. um, you you want like two generations three generations down the line like sure if it was me I'd want my flowers and I'd want people to like do their little their little bow before they got started like hey pay respect to the god I get all that. Uh, I would want that. But they'd also be like, hey, I want you to take this and I want you to do new things with it, right? I don't want you to be, like, constrained to, like, this, like, what I do, the things that I make, I'm trying to make them the best. Okay, cyberpunk, perfect example, right? Of course, I'm like, I'm trying to make shit that I think is cooler than cyberpunk 2077, that I think is cooler than Neuromancer, Snow Crash, etc like people might not agree with that that's fine but i'm trying to do that so let's say that i do let's say that i make something and people say this is the new goal like i would hope down the line somebody outdoes that right and that they look back on my shit and they're like i get it (laughs) i get it i get what he was doing but that was 200 years ago so I would say, though, that, like, uh, all of our shit is better than Neuromancer and Snow Crash. Mm -hmm. Fuck it. Let's go. I'm trying to be, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is so huge. Like, it's going to take a few more to be like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm on top of that shit, too. But, like, I think God's Fair No Better has better shit going on, like than cyberpunk 77 and it's because you're doing exactly that you took from this thing that's amazing 
and are like, and now what? When right. you have a talented person looking at something really cool and then going, yeah, I want to do that. And also, then you get something better. Exactly. That's, that's exactly my point. Thank you. But like, that is exactly my point. It's, you know, what am I trying to do with this? I'm, I'm trying to like, what if Cyberpunk 2077 was, was ultra Mike violent and also had Beavis and Butthead comedy? Is that everybody's cup of tea? Maybe not, but it's, it's, my, it's my version of it, right? And Yeah, it's a yes and. A yes and, exactly, right? And so, <clears throat> like, if I ever, if we uh, t- eventually talk to Mike Pondsmith on this show, like, to me, that's, that's like a god, right? That's my test god. I'd be like, dude how did you come up with all this shit bro like you you invented you reinvented the wheel because i i think gibson and stevenson get too much credit where pond smith does not um because i think his rpg game cyberpunk 2020 i think i think that's the real like he invented you know uh high tech low life style over substance all these things that I have, you know, pinned to my office wall as as guiding principles. That's Mike Pondsmith. It's not those boys, right? Because no, yeah, Neuromancer and Snow Crash still feel like they're trying for something cool for sure. Absolutely. And there's bars in Snow Crash, so like, not to hate on them, mm-hmm. but it is more of that. Yeah, all due respect to the OGs, but yeah, Kentaro is basically hero protagonist, you know. I mean, it's it's like this kind of... Well, it's very similar things, I guess. Different in some ways. But, um, yeah. So, again, to me... But, like, my son, when I show him the Cyberpunk 2020 game, which came out in the 80s, he might look at that and be like, that feels... I'm not digging the art style. Like, I don't don't like the the mohawks and the the fucking sharp... uh, multicolored shades and shit like that and i'm gonna be like are you fucking crazy shit is dope right because for (laughs) for so long shit kept that model because everybody like us have been riffing off of it Mm -hmm. and i'd say we're taking it to the next step Mm -hmm. whereas like like with melancholy's finest where grant just yeah presentized everything because back in the 80s it's like why does cyberpunk look so 80s it's like because it came up in the 80s yep and everybody just stuck to that, even if it's like made in the 2000s, it still looks like a futuristic 80s. Mm-hmm. But now Grant's all like, so this takes place in New Florida and they're wearing Gucci and shit. Right. And it's like, all right, let's go. Yeah, it's a brilliant move that he did with that book for sure. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, we were going to do a deeper dive. I think that we should probably read a Tesca book. So shout out in the comments what you want us to read and we'll look at it objectively but i did want i want to get a hold of uh it's i've already done some digging so it's going to take some further digging if this is going to be the one okay but i really so phoenix obviously i was drawn to it but so this is supposed to be his life's work okay and he didn't finish it he died before finishing it Mm. it's 12 volumes that each tell a separate self-contained story and take place in a different era. Mm. It begins in 240 AD. And then the second volume where it chronologically ends, which was the very second book he put out, uh, is like in the 3000s. Let's go. See, I love that kind of shit. Yeah, let's do Phoenix then. 
eventually. I don't know when, but but yeah, no, I do want to look at it. I wanted this episode to be more of like a, because I've never, I've never heard people talk about it this way because I feel like the consensus opinion right now is that the old shit was, I mean, kind of just better, period. <clears throat> and I, I want a more nuanced approach to this. Like I want, I don't want age to be a factor in aesthetic evaluation of art right like why why isn't something that comes out in 2023 like as good as something that came out in 1943 right i thought that spring breakers was one of the top three greatest films of all time Mm -hmm. the year that it came out as soon as i saw it i was like one of the best movies fucking ever yeah 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 no i yeah and all of my favorite movies all my top fives are from uh yeah, I mean, like, the 2010s on. No, 1999 was Fight Club, so... You, well, the, the past 25 years, basically. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't go back... I mean, I just... I watched uh, Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and those are great... At, those are fucking great movies. Great movies. Bro, I rewatched Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom recently, mm-hmm. and was, like, not only it was a different lens because obviously i grew up with indy love indiana jones the characters like nostalgic and everything sure but just being grown and kind of being desensitized because i write i make art i've seen so much that it's like okay it's another movie It, it, it is what it is watching it again i was like god damn this really is a fucking masterpiece though totally 100 percent yeah it's it might be the best one i go back and forth about what the best one like all three of them um at any given time could be my favorite depending on what day you catch me but temple of doom is amazing um and i mean that movie came out in 1984 right and it's like it was inspired by serialized uh you know books and shows from the 30s i'm not going back to watch the 30s shit we have Temple of Doom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, shit, Zorro, you know? Mm-hmm. Who is Zorro? Antonio Banderas. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> Zorro is funny to me, dude, because my dad used to watch the black and white Zorro. Um, so both of those have a place in my heart. But, again, you would be lying if you said that The Mask of Zorro was not a better movie than the show was. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the fight scenes are better. Catherine Zeta-Jones looks great. It's got Anthony Hopkins, David Simmons' favorite actor of all time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a great it's a great movie, right? And Goldeneye, like every time I say Goldeneye is my favorite James Bond movie, everybody's like, ugh. What about you know Doctor No or From Russia with Love? I'm like, no, it's fucking Goldeneye, dude. Did you? Was, yeah. Did you watch? Oh Goldeneye? man, James Bond. James Bond is a good one because I I don't even I'd even say that like man that's such a sloppy series there's I've been down some James Bond rabbit holes there's definitely like the Daniel the Daniel Craig era has a lot of like well part of it came out during the writer's strike so there's always something to Mm -hmm. the Daniel Craig movies yeah that's like if you no matter your opinion on it there's an addendum it's like okay but if you look at like 
how what was going on when this one was made mm-hmm. so like there's a lot of interest but honestly some of the daniel craig shit is pretty fire dude the, i think the series peaked at the very beginning i think the opening chase of casino royale is like where that where those movies peaked they're don't, oh, don't get when me wrong. I first saw that when he runs, yeah, when no, he when runs through first, the wall when that yeah. dude's doing parkour through shit and he just bursts through the wall i was like yo let's go it it took me back because I grew up well I grew up on Goldeneye and shit the Pierce Brosnan and James Bond mm-hmm. and when I saw that I was like what the fuck yeah dude this is 007 yeah no that to me was great I liked um, what's the one where he's in the mansion at the end with uh, Q or not Q but M and he's like got all the booby traps set up is that Spectre yeah I think that's Spectre I fucked with that one Spectre too. was that was the started with the day of the dead shit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh but then on that note i mean like do you want to go back and watch the old mission impossible tv series or do you want to watch rogue nation be honest yeah right and even damn that's a series that's been growing up with the same actor too Mm -hmm. where it's like there are definitely parts of the very first mission impossible that i'm like this is tight but look at what it is now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean this fool is literally jumping out of planes it's like story-wise it's like it it's just parodying itself basically at this point like but i fuck with tonal shifts Mm -hmm. you know it started off as this self-serious neo-noir with all this like costume changing shit and like espionage and it's turned into a vehicle a spoof vehicle of spy movies in which Tom Cruise can just do the craziest stuntman shit you've ever seen at 60 something years old. Yeah. It's, it's fucking amazing, dude. It's awesome. Um, yeah. The mission impossible movies are super great. Oh man. I had a thought I was thinking about what was it? Mission impossible. Fuck. Oh, right, right, right. Some stuff for me actually though does end in the eighties. Um, like I think that, uh, I think Jackie Chan is the goat. Um, and I think that early John Woo, like Better Tomorrow and Hard Boiled, I still don't oh, think God. I still don't think Hard Boiled's been topped in terms of like visceral, real. I mean, and you know as well as listeners do that I love John Wick and I love The Raid, um, but I still don't. I was think, thinking in exactly that direction too. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, but we def- we even defend the like CGI blood shit. Right. And. To an extent, you know, when it's like John Wick, when it's like, oh, really? I couldn't even tell. You can't watch Hard Boiled and say that, with again, with respect to John Wick and all those movies, that anything in John Wick tops that. Because those are real squid. Like, squibs can kill, like, you can die doing what those dudes do. And you can't. See, this is where I see, like, with, with the John Wick haters, I get what they're talking about because. None of those stuntmen are in like as much danger necessarily as they were in Hard Boiled, but on the other hand, John Wick has more inventive set pieces, and those stuntmen do get still get fucked up. So I'm just saying, like to me, Hard Boiled, it goes both ways, right? Like something isn't the best just because it's old, but at the same time, dude, Hard Boiled is is still unfucked with in my opinion, and better tomorrow one and two well and that's because like age is only a factor in that it took place in a time where they did things differently Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So it's not that it's old, so therefore it's better. It's the way that they used to commit to doing shit. Yeah. Jackie Chan, like, broke his spine and shit. (laughs) He, like, fucking crazy. I used to love watching the documentaries of how he made all these movies because he'd just be jumping through glass, Mm -hmm. backflipping off of, like, 15-foot-tall fences, Mm -hmm. parkouring across. Before people even called it parkour, he'd be jumping across rooftops and shit. Yep, yep. And uh, fighting with ladders. What was that? Rumble in the Bronx, or uh, uh, which one was fighting with? La- it might have been Rumble in the- or Police Story. Maybe I can't remember. Maybe Police Story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So to me, he's the best of all time. Best stuntman of all time. Best fight choreographer of all time. One thing they did. I watched a YouTube video about this. Uh, that they don't do in fight scenes now is that in fight scenes now when someone gets hit. Usually, unless you're watching The Raid or John Wick, like the camera pulls to an, an opposing shot. And what that does subconsciously is the, um, the viewer can't feel it. But what Jackie Chan would used to do in his fight scenes is you would see the choreography of the two people fighting. And you would see someone land a hit. And then it would cut in and you would, for a split second, you'd see the, an up-close shot of the hit landing again. And even though it's repeating the same hit twice, that mm-hmm. that technique makes you actually feel what's happening. And you don't register that you've just seen the same thing happen twice because it's too fast. It only really, you only catch it when he does like those roundhouse kicks because I know exactly what you're talking about. And I couldn't point it out like in slow motion, but I could point it out whenever he does like those roundhouse kicks. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of know that you're like, you're like, wait, he just kicked him. No, that was the same. That was the same move. They just played it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm trying to stay hydrated. Oh, you ever eat so much food you just dehydrated all the time? Listen to the rest of this lovely conversation. Plus, gain full access to the archives, bonus episodes, read serialized novels on Yugen Junk Weekly, and gain access to the Agitator Discord over on Agitator Z. That's the $5 a month Agitator Z tier on patreon.com slash agitator.